So this past week for me, seminary started again. It's going to be a busy semester. But at the beginning of seminary, uh, they usually do like a fellowship dinner so we can meet the professors, meet other students, that kind of thing. So my wife and I attended this past Tuesday, and we got put at a table with some other random students and then a couple professors. What was interesting about this is some of the other students that I was paired with were also newlywed couples, like my wife and I. I mean, we're almost two years together, but still pretty green, I would say. One of the guys turned to our professor, Dr. Evans, and asked, how is it that you've been married to your wife for so long? Dr. Evans, in his usual vibrato way, just kind of, well, I'm going to give you some advice. You can either listen to me and benefit from it, or you can ignore it and suffer the wrath of your wife. So, Dr. Evans' advice on a long and godly marriage, he said, I learned what she needed, I learned her schedule, and I got on that schedule. I followed that schedule, so her schedule is my schedule now. Then he went on to tell us, as young men in ministry, your wife knows what's best for you. So if she thinks you're doing too much, staying up too late, reading your books, you need to listen to her. She knows what's best for you. And he said that to have a long and happy marriage is to not just listen to your wife, but make sure she knows that she's heard, that her concerns are heard. The last little bit, my wife personally likes. She's sitting next to me meanwhile this whole time. She's nodding her head in agreement. Yes, yes. You see, what Dr. Evans did is he gave us advice, and then our response as young men at the table was to either choose to listen to it and gain his wisdom or ignore it. This is our topic for tonight in the book of Proverbs. You see, since we started this series at the beginning of the summer, our whole goal has been to get wisdom. And we get wisdom by turning to Christ and his word. The opening verses of Proverbs make this very clear to us. Proverbs 1 verse 2 says, To know wisdom and instruction. So tonight, we're going to learn that Listening to advice is part of gaining wisdom. Our theme verse for tonight is Proverbs 19, verse 20, which states, Listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. This verse is going to be our guiding verse. There are many verses in Proverbs that speak to listening to advice, listening to instruction, but this one really hits this point home. So this brings us to our first point for this evening. To be wise, we must seek advice and instruction. Kind of a restatement of verse 19 or chapter 19 verse 20. But I want us to focus in on the word seek for a second here. 
So what does it mean to seek? Is wisdom the one that's seeking us out? Is wisdom the one doing the work? Or are we meant to seek wisdom? Seek also implies action. Action has to be taken. So as Christians, we need to seek wisdom. We are doing something, moving towards it. So what does this look like in the Christian life? So to seek out advice in the Christian life means to turn to those that have walked further on this journey of life than we have. So I'm going to be speaking to the older generation first, and then the youngins. Because there is wisdom in both seeking advice and giving advice. So, us youngins, we need to listen and seek out our elders. I know that's not always the cool thing to do, especially when, you know, you're in high school and you don't want to listen to what mom and dad are saying, even if it's good for you. But we need to listen to and seek out our elders, Now, when I say the word elder, I'm not necessarily referring to those of you in your retirement years, okay? An elder can be someone that's just older than you are, that has had a little bit more life experience, that has walked through some of the trials in this life, and they can impart some wisdom and some instruction to you. So what does this look like for the young person? See, when we think of imparting knowledge, we often think of school, right? You sit in a classroom and a teacher gives you knowledge. That's kind of what it should be like for us young people in the church when we seek out the older generation. We want to hear what you have to say. Give us your advice. Give us your wisdom. You guys have walked through the trials before us. Now, when you give advice, it's not merely a transfer of knowledge, okay? It's very easy to turn a sermon here into just a content dump and dump it on you. There's more to it. When you give advice to someone, you care about that person. You want to see them make that change in whatever advice you're giving them to do that. And you want to walk alongside of them and help them with that. There's more to it instead of just, here's the knowledge, bye, okay? So if you are a younger person in the congregation, I charge you tonight to seek out older people in your life that can impart wisdom to you. Godly wisdom. If you are a young couple that is dating or newly married, I suggest you find an older couple that has been married, that has walked the trials of marriage, Being a newlywed myself, I'm discovering just how hard marriage can be sometimes. What a great privilege and a joy it is to come up to some of you guys that have been married 30, 40, 50 years and hear the advice you can give us to how you guys made it work. 
So seeking out advice is a wise endeavor, and it ultimately leads to wisdom. So Proverbs 13, verse 10 states, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Just focus in on whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. The reason why young people should seek out the older generation is because the older generation typically is a lot wiser because you've lived life. So if us young people walk alongside of you, we become wise. In chapter 15, verses 15, or verses 31 to 32, states, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. So, if you choose not to seek out the older generation, you've made life that much harder for you. Because you don't know what to expect in certain seasons of life, what's coming ahead. You've turned to your own way, and as Proverbs 13.10 states, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If you choose to ignore advice, you're going to suffer harm. So, when you don't listen, this is something my grandfather used to say quite a bit. You learn things the hard way. So, when you learn things the hard way, usually in that process you think to yourself, oh man, if I had only just done X, Y, or Z. Right? Seeking out the older generation also means that we as the younger generation need to be open to rebuke and correction. Too. Sometimes advice is very friendly and helpful, and sometimes advice is in your face. This is what you need to do to get your life together. So now that we've dealt with the younger generation, we're going to go after the older generation now. Okay, You guys aren't off the hook either. The older generation is to instruct younger generations by sharing their wisdom, by giving advice. And just remember, the younger generation needs that advice whether they want it or not. So what does this look like for the older generation? This means at church, pay attention to the younger people. See who they are. Are they dating, married? Do they have a young family? Seek them out. Don't just go up and start giving them random advice, though. Like, get to know them. Step into a role of mentorship. This could even look like volunteering in the youth ministry or the children's ministry. Because what you guys are doing there is you're giving instruction. You're passing on wisdom based on biblical principles that are being taught in those classes. This could even look like working in the young adults group, volunteering there, mentoring those young adults. So consider Proverbs 9, verse 9 for a second with me. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. 
Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. As the older generation, you guys have the unique privilege to shape and develop the next generation with your advice and your instruction. Take joy in this. That's a joyful endeavor. Even if the younger generation isn't always receptible or <clears throat> receptive to your advice. You see, by giving instruction to the younger generation, if they are willing to receive that advice, they are becoming a wise person. They will continue to grow in their wisdom then. They will continue to grow in their learning. By giving them advice, you help the younger generation turn away from the snares of suffering and death. Proverbs 13, verse 14 states, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. So, if the younger generation is pursuing wisdom, they will come to the older generation and get that wisdom from the older generation. They will become wiser. They will have the fountain of life. This brings us to point three. We've been talking a lot about advice right now, but we need to define what we mean by advice. I've purposely kind of kept it elusive. So godly wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. So when the younger generation is seeking out advice or the older generation is giving advice, it is to be godly advice, godly wisdom. And that is wisdom that is based on Scripture. God's truth, for God is the source of wisdom. Consider Proverbs 15, verse 33. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Those who are instructed by God's word and have a reverence for him and his word will receive wisdom. When we come to Scripture to learn who God is and what He's done for sinners like us, when we come to His Word to learn how to live as Christians, we are saying, okay, God, I actually don't know how to live. I don't know how to save myself. We're setting our pride down. We're coming before Him humbly, recognizing that He is the one that gives wisdom. You see, wisdom is only received when we are humble. So when the younger generation seeks out the older generation for wisdom, they're admitting to you, I don't know how to get through this time in my life. Can you give me some advice? It requires humility to gain wisdom. We're going to move on to another aspect of getting advice and what that does for us in our lives and how it changes the Christian life. Point number two, wisdom comes through wise counsel. So as we mentioned earlier, the advice we seek and should give is that which is godly advice. We need to remember that not all advice is godly. It 
if Pastor Nate or Nick told me not to bring my Bible up here, that would be bad advice. And they would just and they wanted to advise me to just speak from my own heart freely, that's bad advice. Not godly advice. That would be one example. Also we need to remember that many people can give advice But not all groups of people give good advice. And this is very evident in our politics today, right? So we turn our attention to Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no guidance, a people's fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So what this is saying is we need to seek out wise men and women around us to surround ourselves with to get advice and instruction, to grow in our wisdom, to grow in our Christian life. I want us to notice that the, this verse here uses the term abundance. An abundance of counselors. So this doesn't just mean one person that you go to for advice. That person could be great at giving advice. But the Bible talks about going to an abundance of people, asking many people for advice to grow in wisdom. There is also safety. You see, when you don't have guidance, you fall. Let's take this to Proverbs 24, verses 5 to 6. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance... You can wage your war. And pay attention again. Here's the word abundance again. And in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. So an abundance of counselors can help you achieve victory in war. This is why when wars are fought, there are usually advisory councils, war councils, to help them determine how to fight battles, what moves are good. It's not typically one guy making all the decisions. So then, our task in the Christian life then is to surround ourselves with godly men and women who can give us advice and instruction. This also goes into planning. Another reason we seek out wise counsel, not just for advice, but to also get wisdom in planning things in our life. You see, the plans that succeed are successful because they, are, they were established with the advice of many individuals. So successful plans are born out of seeking an abundance of counselors. To use an example... Guys, just think of your wives when they planned their wedding. Did they plan the whole thing themselves? No. They typically sought out the help from their mother, from aunts, from friends. They gathered a group of people to put that wedding together. The plan is successful then because of that. It would be very hard for the bride to pull off the wedding all by herself. It is a wise endeavor for her to seek out help in planning that process. 
Proverbs 15, verse 22 illustrates this. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. And then Proverbs 20, verse 18 states, Plans are established by counsel. By wise guidance, wage war. So when we make plans, big plans, the more people you talk to and get advice about, the better it is, the more successful it will be. Plans are successful when they involve many advisors. You don't have to go back very far in history to see this at play and at work. We can go back to D-Day in 1944. The whole reason that invasion was successful was because of the amount of planning that went into it and the amount of advisors that were talked to. Just to deceive the Nazis took a lot of skill in orchestrating that plan. And it only came together from the abundance of advisors that worked around Dwight D. Eisenhower. See, the planning for that invasion began a year before. They spent a whole year planning to invade Western Europe to liberate Western Europe from Nazi rule. Because of their hard work and the hard planning and because of the sacrifice of those men that gave their lives to storm those beaches, the invasion was successful and it eventually led to the ending of World War II. So, so far we've talked about we need to seek out advice to be wise. And then the advice we seek out needs to be given to us by an abundance of people. Now we're going to talk about what happens if you decide not to seek advice. How do the Proverbs then describe you? So this brings us to point number three. Ignoring godly advice makes you a fool. I don't mean to be offensive here. That's how the Bible talks. If you choose to ignore godly advice and godly wisdom, you are a fool. We can take a look at Proverbs 12 verse 15, or 13 verse 20. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So we need to be aware of the company we keep, essentially. So, as Christians, who we hang out with affects the kind of advice we receive. You may have non-Christian friends, unbelievers, that give you good advice time to time, but ultimately they're not going to give you godly advice because they're not rooted in Scripture. So we need to be aware of the kind of friends we keep, what peer groups we are in. So we need to be aware of that. Because if we find ourselves in a companion of fools, we're going to start to think, act, and take their advice and be like them. I have a story to illustrate this. When I was probably 10 years old, before school started, I would hang out with a group of kids that usually got into trouble. I usually never partook in that because I was a good boy and I liked to follow the rules. But this one morning I decided, you know what? I'm going to do what they're doing. And what they were doing was climbing lockers. 
So they were climbing up on the lockers and then jumping off of them. So I thought, all right, I'm going to be one of these cool kids now. I'm going to do what they're doing, even though it's unwise, and climb the lockers. So I climbed the locker and sat up on the locker, and guess who walked by? The principal of the school. First time. He had me get down. He took me to his office. And he had a nice long talk with me about why we don't climb on lockers. You see, I had surrounded myself with the wrong group of people. And I started doing what they did, and it got me in trouble. Proverbs 12, verse 5 also illustrates this point for us. The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. You see, when you seek godly counsel, you'll obtain wisdom that leads to righteousness, that leads to fruitful living, good Christian living. But if you are a part of the counsels of the wicked, you're going to be deceived. Deceived by the sin that you engage in. So we must be discerning about the kind of people that we surround ourselves with. It's very important for us to be aware of that. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying don't hang out with non-believers. Okay? It's very easy to walk away from this message thinking that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are to be lights in this world, pointing people to Christ, sharing the good news, but also recognize who we surround ourselves with what we're taking in from these people that don't follow Christ. The Bible also tells us that those who are fools are arrogant and prideful. Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So we see a contrast here between the fool and the wise man. So if you choose to ignore godly wisdom, you have made yourself a fool. And a lot of times, those that do not choose to follow godly wisdom, it's because they think they're right in their own eyes. As the verse here shows us. But it's contrasted with the wise man who listens to advice. So we need to listen to advice, seek advice. So when we seek advice, we get it. We also need to listen to it and apply it. So our first clue to someone who is a fool is that person believes they do not need advice because they're so smart. Do you see how it's rooted in pride? They're too prideful. They're arrogant. Why would I go seek out advice when I'm so smart and I can figure this out for myself. The Bible describes that person as a fool. Proverbs 15, verse 12. A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. So another clue of someone who is foolish is that they do not go seeking out the wise because they don't want to be corrected in their thinking. This is so evident in our society today. 
when everyone is so easily offended because you don't agree on certain viewpoints or how to do certain things. This also goes for us as Christians too. Even though we are in Christ and we are living the Christian life, we can still be fools. What I mean by that is sometimes when we're struggling with sin, we like to keep it to ourselves. We think we can handle it ourselves instead of going to the body of Christ and seeking advice for how to fight against sin. We are fools when we don't use Christ's body, the church, to help us mortify and kill our sin. So we need to be aware of that. This takes us to our last verse, verse or chapter 18, verse 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing their opinion. Perhaps you know people like this that share their opinion all the time but don't actually seek to understand what you believe or why you believe it or why your marriage is the way that it is centered on Christ and theirs is not. This is very evident in our, <clears throat> our culture today. We have a lot of fools running around who love expressing their opinions, but never seeking to listen to others express theirs or listen to their advice. So this leads me into perhaps what would make people the greatest fools in life. What I mean by that is we have God's word here, sound instruction, sound wisdom, and it contains the gospel. If you reject the gospel, you are a fool. You have turned away from Christ our Savior, the one who took your punishment for your sins on the cross. It would be a wise thing to turn to Jesus, to repent of your sin, to follow him. You see, Jesus is altogether lovely. He's altogether worthy. He is worth it. When we recognize the depths of our sin and how our sin has made us fools, we see how great and magnificent He is. He is a merciful and loving God. So I plead with you, do not be a fool and turn away from the gospel of Jesus. Be wise and come to follow him. Seek advice, seek godly advice, and seek godly instruction. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we just thank you once again for this time to gather together. Lord, continue to make us wise. Soften our hard hearts to your word. Help us to seek out those that can instruct us 
in your word. Instruct us in your life to live godly lives that are pleasing to you. Lord, I just thank you for Pastor Nate and Nick and their instruction in this church by teaching your word every week. Lord, I just ask that your word would not return void. The people would come to know you and that we would continue to shine very brightly in this ever-darkening world. We pray these things in your name. Amen.